Welcome to the C2 podcast, where we talk about issues relevant to mental health and psychology for English speakers in Switzerland. My name is Dr. Elizabeth Fry, and I'm a psychologist and now a psychotherapist recognized by the Federation of Swiss Psychologists here in Switzerland, and also an APA accredited um, clinical psychologist from the United States. And I'm joined by my colleague and my partner in all of this, Dr. Yeah. Patricia Riesendorp, uh, who is also a FSP uh, recognized psychologist and psychotherapist. And if you're listening to this today, it is because you are likely thinking about becoming one yourself or curious about how to become um, recognized to practice psychology or practice psychotherapy or work in mental health in Switzerland as a foreigner. And it's a very dense and complicated topic. And Patricia and I are hoping to help unpack it a little bit for you today because we get a lot of questions about this all the time. And rather than responding to each one individually, we thought we would prepare a podcast that you can listen to that might help guide you through some of the steps in this this very tedious topic. Yeah, and at the same time, we're super important. I actually wanted to correct something that you said because we are no longer FSP recognized. Okay. That's not that's our organization that we're connected to, but they're not the one who gives the licensure anymore. So thank you. That's okay. I I see. I am still learning about this topic as well. Yeah. So. Yep. Tell so me who who recognizes us now. Like, what is how are we? For Gesundheit, the 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 Department of Health now. So they're the ones who give the licensure, and then we get to choose which professional um, organization we want to join. So um, I think it's it's kind of similar in the U.S. that you don't have to be part of APA. Actually, I don't think that's the case. But I don't even. Uh, yes, I'm not a member of APA anymore. But I. Um, you're right. I am licensed by the state of Wisconsin. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. in Switzerland, they do that more centrally. They do that with the, and that was the big shift that happened where I got into trouble is that I was initially licensed through the professional organization. And that was FSP, okay. which stands for Federation of First Switz Psychologists. So that, that's the FSP. And they still exist as an organization, but they no longer have the um, responsibility for licensure. That was not, that's now been centralized. Um, and that's the psycho, the psychological um, committee, who um, decides on that. And that's run through the um, Ministry of Health. And they do that for various professions. You and I had talked about that. So they do that for uh, the psychology. They do that for the psychotherapists. They also do that for other health professions like physiotherapy, uh, I think is osteotherapy. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. other professions but um that has that landscape has changed since i've been living here in switzerland the last yeah 17 years so wow yeah it is okay so just so everybody is clear just to be very clear so there's there's there are there are two organizations we're talking about here the bag which is the german acronym for uh, the department of health um there's a different one for the the french acronym and then there's also separate to that, the FSP, the Federation of Swiss Psychologists, and they're uh, like the APA or like another professional um, association that is separate from the licensing powers, but you can become affiliated with them and they offer different um, benefits to being affiliated with them. For example, there's a, 
a registry, there's insurances and things you can purchase through them at a discounted rate. But the one that's most important is the psycho, and that's the um what is it? the commission of psychology, right? Yeah, exactly. And they're through the the Department of Health, um, yeah. which is centralized through the government of Switzerland. Yeah. And that is my recommend recommendation to everybody who comes is to check out that website. And we had talked about, we'll put those in the notes and we'll also put that in a, um, a blog post on our website that the Department of Health, both the German and the French, and they have some things in English, but not the detailed criteria, but just to be able to get onto the website and everything, you can navigate that initially in English. Um, and they indicate all the criteria they look at that you need for whatever license you're looking at, well, like whatever level you're coming into. And clinical psychologist is another one, actually. Um, neither you and I did that because mm -hmm. the level of uh, language skills for that is pretty high. And, you know, all of the testing elements and stuff are more complex. So we went more the kind of the therapeutic route, but uh, you can look at, the, and they have very clear guidelines as to how many hours you need of what, and to really look to see what those guidelines are. They have an application there, it's online. You can download that, um, fill it out online if you want, or on the computer and slowly see, fit like the puzzle pieces. What it is I like a puzzle. There's a rubric with different pieces and different you know, academic requirements, supervision requirements, individual uh, client work requirements. It's just boxes and boxes, and you'll have to just very carefully and slowly go through each one to compare it to your training and your background. But I think what's even more important to recognize is where there are two different within that, there are two different places that you can become recognized. So there's the lower one, which is a psychologist, mm -hmm. and then there is a psychotherapist, which requires more intensive and advanced specialized training. Is that right, Patricia? Yeah, exactly. Which is interesting because we don't have that separation in the U.S., um, but like from the Netherlands, they do have that separation. And that's the the difference, the way that they separate that here is that the psychologist is kind of more for general health issues um, and kind of the main, in some ways, like if we were to think about it as like access one diagnoses, um, you know, kind of depression, anxiety, and um, adjustment disorders, things like that. And then the psychotherapist is more long-term therapy where you're working with really longer-term issues, complex, and you know, maybe like complex trauma or personality disorders or people who are across multiple axes um, for those who work with the, the DSM. Um, and so the psychotherapist is much more of an intensive therapeutic process that they're assuming longer-term relationships. So, and I think we have to be clear that there's also a lot of protections around how you use the terminology yeah. so when you're in Switzerland, unless you have these recognized designations, you cannot call yourself a psychologist or a psychotherapist, which is very different than in the U.S. I mean, if, if for example, if you are a U.S. recognized psychologist, you can use that terminology, I mm -hmm. believe. But otherwise, yeah. you have to be very careful about the kinds of words that you use to describe the work that you do. Yeah. 
for example. You and I got around that because we were um, recognized. I was also recognized in the Netherlands as a, a psychologist there. And so you and I used the term psychologist in English, like literally on our business cards or websites, we had the term psychologist in English, but we could not use the German term for that or the French term for that because that would not be accepted. And even things like doing therapy or psychotherapy, we could not use that until you have... So both the title itself, as well as the description of the type of work that you do is restricted and very, very specifically here. Right. So it's quite frustrating. I think just mm. at this point, you might be going, <laughs> oh, my God, why? But just take a breath, because it is it is something that if you have time and you are committed to living in Switzerland for a long time, because this isn't a process I think you should undertake yeah. without a real commitment to being here for the long term, because otherwise there are ways for you to work and deliver services in an effective and ethical way without mm -hmm. having to be under this umbrella of, of the health yeah. department. Um, but if it is something that you're willing to commit to, then take your time and prepare, you know, how much time would you, for the, for the psychologist designation first, mm -hmm. or you could do them both together. Is that, is that right, Patricia? Yeah, typically. Although I think they really, you can do them both together, but they, they really do do it lockstep, that they do the okay. psychologist um, registration first, and then they look at your psychotherapy um, okay. registration. So because they're, they're linked, you have to have one to be able to get the... Right. I have heard of some people be able to do them both at the same time, but they're usually people who come with doctorates. Yeah. Um, otherwise, if you're coming in with your master's and wanting to practice, typically um the 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 best way the most efficient way to to practice is to get the psychologist recognition first and then to work towards the psychotherapist recognition over time yeah but you can i think you're right i think you're right you can yeah. apply for both they'll mm -hmm. just look at them kind of in order yes. but you can definitely send them in at the same time um and the other thing to be said too is these processes are expensive. Yes. <laughs> um, you need to have originals of your diploma, your um, supervision for uh, your supervisor evaluation forms. You need to have your um, what's your uh, list of your courses transcript. Yes. Transcripts exactly. So those you'll so make sure that you have recent copies of that. I think what is it the last six months or the last year. Um. Yes, and I think sometimes it has to be either sent directly from the university with a um, mm -hmm. stamp, or it has to be a certified copy, um, and it has to be your final transcript. Yes. So actually, I don't think they're time restricted in that sense because I remember when I did the psychotherapist, I had an old um, transcript, but that it was notarized and stamped, and they accepted that. Right. But it has to, it had to be an original. Um, so an original exactly yeah so they have this thing in switzerland called certified copies mm -hmm. which i'd never heard of they they it's it's kind of like their notarization but you have to take it to a notary and then they make an official copy that they sign and stamp and that's how they how they do it here so they will ask you for for the certified copies of absolutely every document that you've ever had in <laughs> your life <laughs> we're laughing now because we're on the other side of it but yeah this caused us so much grief that it was really yeah. difficult for us to even talk about. So maybe we could talk about the emotional process of it too, Patricia. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, because I think there's several layers. One of the things is it was just so hard. One, it was 
so hard to find work here. Like I remember applying and because of the language or whatever, of not being able to get into the regular system. And so, um, and then the licensure came up even in that conversation. So there's, as a, as an expat or an immigrant, you're already dealing with this, like, how do I fit in? And, you know, this is so emotionally loaded and wanting to feel like you belong, you know, like we all want that. And, and at this professional level, I mean, we've put so much time, money and effort and passion into our work. And then to be like, oh, sorry, you can't do it was just really at times so painful. Demoralizing. And yeah, painful. really. Yeah. And, and frustrating and sad. And, and then the identity piece too, of like, mm -hmm. you know, like my work was a really big part of who I, who I am and how I show up in the world. Um, so not being able to do that in the way that I was used to was also tough. Yeah. yeah. It, it really, it truly is a, an emotional, um, you know, self-flagellation in a way <laughs> it is very it, you really have to put yourself out there in every way and you have to prepare yourself for dealing with the bureaucracy of Switzerland in in a way that is is very uncomfortable and confronting in a way yeah. because they will be asking you to prove do you really know what you're doing do you really have the credentials and because most of us come into this profession working so hard to get here and to have our credentials and proving all these hours and keeping track of this it can be very painful to have those hours rejected or questioned in some way but that is part of part of the process here and if yeah. if anything just try really hard not to take it personally yeah. Um, try to remind yourself that this is just part of how the Swiss culture works and thank goodness there is some gatekeeping around yeah. these terminologies yeah, well, that is too yeah and I think maybe it might be good to say a little cultural note too yes. that when you think about people who work in government in general that and the Swiss are very fond of rules they're very fond of their paper. It's one of the reasons the country works as well as it does. You know, they really are very careful and very thorough about how they apply rules. Um, and the Swiss timing, you know, industry is an example of that, you know, it's ex exact <laughs> to the point. And that sometimes when you confront and we're trying to fit into that and we come from a different framework, they they sometimes are not so flexible about that and they can be a little bit abrupt and kind of impatient um, or not very flexible in understanding and being able to see it from a different framework, like what's going on. And that, that interpersonal piece too is sometimes really that people will be very dry, very like, well, that's our rule. You know, and they don't offer, you know, well, we could look at this way or that way. That really has to come from you. And you and I know that from our journeys, that we had to be pretty creative around some things and that you have to do the legwork. Like I remember um, just even like the number of hours, the ETS, the estimated, what's it, what did that say? Yeah, for your, for your credit hours from university, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And that that is not a system that we had, you know, kind of units you know and they they were like well that's not the same name so that can't be the same so you had to figure out how many how many of this unit equals ets and you had to find some sort of official way to prove or i had to find some sort of official way to prove that this equals that many hours and like things like that like literally well it's not in our language it's not in our framework sorry you don't fit yeah. And that's the piece to really be aware of, like, do not give up with the first no or the, oh, sorry, I don't understand. Um, no, 
<laughs> you know. Yes, you'll have to be persistent and you'll have to really hold their hand and walk them through it. So yeah. for example, they will not be able to compare side by side the coursework that you do, you know, from your country of training to Switzerland. It's often quite different. The name is different. Yeah. The amount of credits is different, as you were saying, Patricia. So, you know, what can be useful is to just translate all a summary of all the courses that you completed and then make it next to so that you can show the equivalency to what it is that they're requiring for coursework and just yeah. really take the time to spell it out for them. And the more that you do that, the better off you'll be in going through this without having to answer a bunch of emails about why is this this and why is that that they they are pretty good i found at least in the psychotherapy process of coming back to you coming mm -hmm. back with their questions and, and clarifications yeah yeah definitely that that had improved quite a bit from when i initially uh, got the psycho psychologist recognition because that was all paper and letters and sorry, no, we're not going to take you. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. back a letter. So luckily they've, they've been a little bit more responsive. I found in the past couple of years via email. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting that you named that comparison. Cause I was wondering too, like, I remember even the first time that I applied for psychotherapy title and that I got rejected. And then the second time was, it felt very different. I mean, just even what, how you did it, like the things were online, you could fill it out online, save it and come back to it. So literally just logistically, it was easier. I think they've modernized it. And I think they've had a changeover in the psycho commission and yeah. they just maybe focused a little bit more on communication and uh, yeah. yeah, but I don't know. The other part is the language part, I think. And that's something yeah. important to name is it is required that you speak one of the languages of yeah. the country. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I can share just personally, my language skills are not that great. I couldn't, I'm not fluent in French or German. However, mm -hmm. I am fluent enough that I could fill out the paperwork and then I can make emails and phone calls in French. Um, however, that was part of why I couldn't complete the psychotherapy training in Switzerland as you did, Patricia. Mm -hmm. I really had to rely on my credentials from the United States because I wouldn't have been fluent enough in the language to participate in the psychotherapy training um, here. Not to mention in the form itself, you have to have confirmation that you speak one of the languages at a basic, don't you? Like a, I did not have to have that, but- um, Didn't you have to say, um, to have to fill out the form that you confirm that you have? I mean, I'm, I'm sure there was an attestation of some kind from myself, but I didn't have to provide paperwork from a, a language school or a certificate. Yeah, no, but you have to check off IS. Right. And, yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that's something that you can, you know, work towards as well in conjunction with this process, I think, is continue to build on your language skills. I mean, it does take a long time. So don't wait until you're fluent to, to yeah, apply. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go yeah. ahead and apply already and then continue to work on your language fluencies in the meantime. Yeah. And the, the, the issue is that they don't require you that you have to do therapy in that language. You just need to be able to navigate the system, you know, with referrals or the insurance or which is awful in another language because that language is usually not very accessible, but it's not like you have to speak that language well enough to do therapy. Like you and I both work exclusively in our mother tongue languages. I work in Dutch and English and you work in English. So, and the demand is there, like the clients are there. So you do not have to speak German or French in your therapy language. 
it is helpful with referrals for like example with doctors or other professionals to be able to you know speak uh, to some degree but it's not you know it doesn't have to be at the, the highest level like you said yeah. yeah and i think the other piece too is you point out like i um the, the different we, we you and i took very different paths in that mm -hmm. sense and I think that is also rep represented by the fact that I started this process earlier is that, well, two things I think that were different. One is I, in my undergraduate in, in the US, I double majored. So I double majored in psychology and studio art. So I didn't have um, all of the courses that they required. And I've, the big difference that I see between the European system and the American system is that they are very course heavy, whereas the American system is much more experience focused, you know, like there's a lot of our clinical hours require supervision and that's less so in the US. And I think even with like, um, like I did a bachelor of arts and that's not as common here, like that you have a wider range of courses that the focus starts a lot earlier is much more intensive and the level of depth of the courses is more so. And then on top of that, I also had at a time when I was going through that, that was in the, late 90s yeah I think so yeah late 90s um we had that was the time that eclecticism was really big so my program required that I specialize in two therapy approaches so I did um, object relations and cognitive behavioral then which was huge and here they're very much you have one focus and one focus only and so in addition to having a you know a bachelor of arts with this whole fine arts distraction as they saw that and then that I had two paths I didn't have enough courses in one therapy direction that you needed to prove for the psychotherapy training and so I was like either I had to I had to provide so they took for my psychology title they took courses from my graduate training my doctor training to be able to fill that um, title those title requirements and so then when I tried to apply for the psychotherapy title, they were like, well, no, this can't count. That can't count. You don't have enough coursework to be able to um, qualify for that title. And interestingly enough, I had, I did a PsyD, a doctorate in psychology. Um, and so we ha had, I think I had four times the amount of clinical hours and supervised hours that they require. Like it was striking and they do have an element that you can do work experience or translation experience. So I, I did some of that and some of that helped, but not enough. Yeah. Yeah. And, and w w that's very common. I think that they do take coursework from your graduate degree uh, mm -hmm. for your, for being able to recognize you're a psychologist. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, that's the, the kind of the beauty of it too, is if you do want to go for the psychologist recognition, there is some, you know, you can borrow here and here and put together the, you know, the picture that, that matches the best to that rubric, which we referred to earlier on, uh, yeah. but it does take some strategic thinking and mm -hmm. a lot of research to go back through the archives of your, your coursework and figure yeah. out how to make it work. And the other benefit that I, in, in the long term, it was beneficial for me was that the Bundesamt said, we cannot tell you exactly what it is that you need to get this title. And that changed when you came, I think. Okay. What they said to me was like, if you can find a psychotherapy training institute who will accept all the stuff that you've had and say, you only need this and this 
to to complete and apply fit for the title of underneath our institute, then we will accept whatever they say. Um, and so that's what I did is, and they have this training thing in Switzerland for those of you who are familiar with one of those languages of German or French, is that you can, um, they have what they call a Weiterbildung, which is the full degree, or a Fortbildung, they call it in German, which is a re-specialization. And then you are not required to do the full program. And so, for example, I was with other psychiatrists or other um, mental health professionals who already had a degree in something else who were re-specializing in this therapy direction. So I, in my case, that was integrated body psychotherapy. Um, and so then I wasn't required to take every single course. Like I did not have to take beginner, you know, how to structure a session or things like that. I was really glad about that. And because of my trauma specialization, for example, they were like, no, you know, that your trauma stuff is covered. So they, my program did look with me and say, Hey, that you don't need to take that. You don't need to take, and you fulfill these requirements. So we will gladly sign off on your diploma. So yeah. you might be thinking at this point, what is the point? What is the benefit? <laughs> <laughs> because let's just <laughs> let's tell everybody who's listening that the that the specialization that you did was mm -hmm. what two years? Mm. Two years. Yeah. yeah. So it's and it's weekends and it's it's expensive as well, right? So it it is really a commitment. Yeah. Um and it's, to, and it's in total four years and you can spread it out. But I, because of the changing of the insurance system, which we've talked about before, I condensed it into two. So you, it's, yeah. And with that, not only the courses, you have to pay for your own insurance. You have to pay for your own therapy that's required with someone in the degree program. That's also different than in the U.S. Okay. They're very singular in the focus that if you get trained in a certain theory, your training, your courses have to be that, your supervisor has to be that, even your therapist, your experienced therapist. The hours are less. Like I think my colleagues had to do 150 and I only had to do 50 or you know things like that. Um, 75 of uh, supervision, 75 hours or something. And I, I had to do less. Okay. So there are some ways, depending on your circumstances, to negotiate the amount of extra training yeah. required to be recognized as a psychotherapist. And I just want to specify, if you're brand new to this, Patricia's talking about becoming the additional step on top of a psychologist. This is a psychotherapist. Yeah. So the, the first step is psychologist. Second step is psychotherapist. And Patricia decided to go ahead and do the training for that, um, to be recognized as a psychotherapist. So. Maybe. We could talk yeah. a little bit about that. Like yes, what's please. the difference too in these yes. two systems? Um, did you want to speak to that no, first? Please, I think that that's important for <laughs> you to because there might um, be people who don't know which one they want to go for or what are the benefits yeah. to either. Yeah. Exactly, you know, and that's true. I've uh, recently I've had a few people ask me about that, and I'll be honest. I wonder if it's changed a little bit, um, and with the new insurance landscape, that it will be different too. Um, so I think with the psychologist too is like I said that you can practice pretty independently. Um, and you, with that title, there is um, the assumption that you can do therapy. Yeah, the difference is now, and this actually, this is the piece that we I, I'm not sure about, is that in some cases you're able to bill via insurance, but not the primary insurance. In Switzerland, they have primary insurance and secondary insurance. And in the primary insurance, they have uh, they cover um, psychotherapy and therapy. 
and that that will be covered by insurance without a whole lot of questions. You don't even need to provide a diagnosis in the beginning per se, you can just name a general area. So that means that it's easier for people to access services because they do not have to pay fully themselves. They only have to pay um, what they call here in a franchise or deductible. Um, so that makes it more attractive and easier for people to come to you. Um, and so as a psychologist, you are able, and then the secondary insurance, is um, supplementary, they call it, I think, is complimentary, complimentary, complimentary. That's right. complimentary. <laughs> which I think is a euphemism, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And there is slightly different. They only cover part. They have a, they say, this is the rate that I cover. And then you can charge more than that, but then the client needs to pay the difference. So a lot of um, people do that, both psychotherapists and psychologists. And I think the psychologists are still able to bill through that. Have you heard? I think so. I, ha I haven't heard otherwise, but you know, that's the, the other point is not everybody in Switzerland has complementary or secondary insurance. Yeah. So that's another thing to think about, like where you're practicing, are people generally able to afford complementary insurance? Is that something that typically people do? Um, yeah. and to just know that kind of about your, your client population. Yeah, exactly. And as a psychologist, what we had before is that you could work in a system or with a psychiatrist or in a clinic or things like that, that um, and then you could work underneath the title of someone else and be paid via the insurance. So that was the benefit of having that title recognition. If you had the psychologist title, that you were accepted as a therapist in that sense, and you could um, bill via the insurance via your supervising, quote unquote, um, psychiatrist. Um, yeah. And that I think that is yeah. changing now. As that has changed. Yeah. 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 And what we do notice is that in Switzerland, people are very aware of titles. It's, it's, it's interesting. So I think in that sense that people do look to that. Um, I think in the immigrant and expat community, less so, um, they're looking for someone who understands them and meets their needs versus the title itself. Yeah. I would say that my experience working in Lausanne before working in Bienn was quite different in, in the sense that I really didn't find that anybody cared about the psychologist's yeah. recognition in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And they were more or less accustomed to paying out of pocket for the services provided. Yeah. Yeah. So it just depends really on, on the nature of the services that you provide and the population that you're providing to as well. We work in... Um, a in a section of the community that is maybe lower income or has less um, access to uh, different financial privileges or economic pr privileges. So for us, Patricia and I, it's really important that we do, we are able to bill for services for the basic insurance because a lot of our clients don't have complimentary insurance and they have to go through the basic insurance. And that's where for us, the psychotherapist recognition was really important. Yeah. And not only the economic factor, I think to name too, that we have pretty intense cases, like both you and I work a lot with trauma or personality issues. And those are clients that are often with us longer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whereas someone who may come in with an adjustment issue or, you know, has dealing with a, a short term um episode of some kind or dealing with, you know, maybe panic attacks and that that's something that you can address within a certain time frame. That is very different if you're talking with someone who has childhood trauma um, and will need a longer time to build up safety and skills. And um, they're usually that's pretty expensive. So yeah. Yes. yeah, that's the other side of it as well. Yeah. 
being able to bill through the insurance is helpful. And very helpful. But I, I do think there's some flexibility around that. So if you are considering whether or not to take that extra step and apply for the psychotherapist title, really do think about, is that necessary for my practice? Practice Is that something that's worth the additional financial benefit for the potential financial costs that it will take and the time that it will take to, to achieve that? And it's yeah. a very, very personal decision based on a whole lot of different factors. We we yeah. recognize that. So we can't recommend it one way or the other. Yeah. yeah. But we do hope that this gives you an idea of what's possible for you. Yeah. And hopefully we haven't scared you too much. <laughs> <laughs> and I do think it's important to say too that that both you and I have each time we've gotten a no take really push and be creative. Like do not accept the first no and say, like, um, for example, both of you and I had difficulties regarding the the therapy hours or whatever, that that they will say, you know, this is required and be really creative, get other professionals to support you. We both had the right to former supervisors or um, psych- a psychiatrist that we worked with who stood by us and to, you know, make sure that you ask people who are already in the Swiss system too, to support you in this process. So that also helps. You know? Definitely try not to do it alone. Have a buddy that's in the same boat with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been so helpful to have you yeah. in parallel, Patricia. And it's been yeah. inspiring to, to see what's possible, I think. But it is a very lonely and demoralizing process. And we just want to validate that that's, that's definitely going to feel that way sometimes. And if if you can get support from a, somebody else, please yeah. check out our professional resource network too that we have on our website. Yep. Because there are other people there that are going through the process themselves or who have been through the process and who can provide some feedback or insights and don't give up. Yeah. Definitely need more mental health providers in Switzerland. Absolutely. And I must say you and I have both heard of people who've had an easier path than we have who've come later. And the, the, I think the big piece is if, if you have work experience before you even come here and you've got all of the title recognition, that usually is a benefit, you know, or, if you come here and you have to, to do the training via here, you know, all of those things, yeah. there are ways to do it easier than what we had. Totally. So, yeah. <laughs> we can benefit from our blood, sweat, and tears. And yeah, exactly. us if there are any questions that we can answer after listening to this podcast, because it's such a particular process. So we wish you best of luck mm-hmm. and look forward to hopefully working with you or collaborating with you in the field in the future. Yeah. Thank you, Patricia, for this conversation. I'm so glad we were on this journey together. Me too. I would (laughs) high five you through the computer. I I know. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Ciao.